a great success. This is another edition of the Bendix and Leech podcast, where we make the rules and apologize for nothing. If there are children in the room, earmuffs. Now here are our hosts, Chris and Rodney. Go, Pat, go! Stoppers! And we're back for another edition of the Bendix and Leech podcast, where we make the rules and apologize for nothing. Hot Rod, welcome to the broadcast, sir. How are we doing this morning? All right. Sun's out. Cold. But we're all right. Cold. Middle of what the is, week. What the, what's the temperature in Wisconsin today? Uh, man, I don't know the exact, but it felt like 35. <laughs> we're still up. in the 60s here in Virginia. 31. 31. <laughs> You, um, I think I saw pictures from the weekend. Uh, it snowed in Green Bay. Have you seen snow yet? Yeah, it was a dusting. It's I wouldn't call that the first snowfall of the year. Well, I mean, here it, it was, would shut us down for a week, but um, right, it was, it was at least snowing there. Right. So, um, so yeah, so over the weekend, um, I know you watched it before I did. I finally uh, was able to catch up with Borat too, and um, you know, in our pre-show um, production meeting with our producer bill we talked about launching with this point first so um let's start with you tell me what you thought about the movie you want to start with me yeah okay um a little disappointed go ahead yeah um i it wasn't really a borat movie it was more like an extension of sasha baron cohen's um spoofiness in general I didn't think it was a Borat story at all. I mean, there was a couple funny bits. And I guess we should have said beforehand, if you haven't seen it, spoilers. But um, I don't know. Like, I I thought it was, a, it was a hit piece on the Republican Party. And I thought, you know, what the hell is Rudy Giuliani even going to a hotel room to be with a 15-year-old in the first place? <laughs> what a fucking idiot. Well, I mean, all right, yeah. So I need to say at the forefront of this um, – I, I did. Th- I did think it was funny, but more so than the first, I laughed at a, a whole lot of things that I think aren't very funny in the world. But I do find myself in a place where, as a person, I can laugh at some of these things and take it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And you brought up one of them, Mayor Giuliani. Um, I don't believe one bit whatsoever he's involved in that skit at all. He has put himself in a situation where he's going to a hotel room with a young lady and thinks that. You know, as they say in the movie, they're going to make a sexy time. I don't know. If, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you, you watched for yourself. Is he it did his shirt get untucked when he took off the speaker off of him? Yes. What the fuck is he doing on a bed? What the hell is he going to a hotel room for? I mean, you, you pull the pin on some shit like that. You you deal with the consequences of it. 20 years ago, this guy would have been able to run for president. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But overall, um, you know, I I did. I think it was I thought it was pretty funny. Um, It wasn't as good as the first one, but kind of closer to what you said. When it was over, I found myself thinking like, man, I'm embarrassed, especially the end of it with what he I I don't remember what he called it. But in essence, it was supposed to be like running of the bulls. Oh, I found myself, I, I just found myself watching it and thinking to myself, like, the world is this, the world is laughing at us. And when I mean us, I mean as the United States. 
And that last part was just, to me, it just laid it out all in detail, right? He's like, oh, Karen's got to go to Walmart to get her AR-15, and then we're going to kill the scientists. And I was just like, dude, like, he did, I, to me, he did a very good job of putting his thumb on the big, big things that our country is dealing with right now and kind of like taking a shot at us. That's what I thought. Yeah. I, so this podcast is, I really meant is for this, this movies of the context of what it is, but um, I thought there were some pieces there where it wasn't really, I just, it, it continues like a media only telling one side of a story, not the full concept of it to mold it into a movie. And it was more shock comedy than anything else. And I really, I, I just, to me, it just seems like it's more into pockets than anything else. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't tell the people to see it. So, you know, it's interesting you say that because um, I took, I had another perspective on it. Like what, what hit me was there are still people to this day walking around and, you know, I, <laughs> It's hard because they 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 pinpoint a bunch of topics that I think are just I mean it, it's it's a bit amazing the two gentlemen that he's with in the cabin and they're quarantined. Yep. Some of the things that they say, I just I find myself like God damn like I mean we, we all know there are vile evil people walking the earth right. Yep. But it seemed quite obvious that there are large groups of people that. I guess I'll just speak for me personally that are like, okay with things that I, I am not right. And those two guys were a little bit of a, of an idea of that. Just without <laughs> saying that the, you know, the Democrats were worse than the coronavirus, or, you know, they could have said the Republicans are worse than the coronavirus. Like, I don't give a shit about that part of it. Right. But just that he's with these two guys and they're, I mean, He's fucking spraying a pole with Lysol and smacking it. And the guy's like, yeah, that's it. That's how you get it right there. Like, and you know, you know, they chop it up and it's a movie. And it's funny. But, um, you know, I think we could spend 45 minutes talking about it. But um, overall, I mean, I liked it. It laughed. I laughed at it. And that's what my intention was going into it. Um, so do I, you know, again, this isn't a top 10 all time movie. Neither was his first one. But I found the humor in it, which is. Yeah, what... see, now the first one I do think is extremely funny and i uh, i would say that the two for what whatever you want to call the movie i'm gonna call it bull ride two kind of remind me of dumb and dumber two where like yeah people are chomping at the bit for it, but then you got it like beware for what you wish for buddy because <laughs> damn it <laughs> oh i know i've never saw um dumb and dumber two don't. And, I, and i don't think i was ever gonna watch it but <laughs> I waited for that thing to come out on DVD, and I think it popped up on like Netflix or HBO or something. Then I watched it, and that's an hour and a half of my life I'll never get back. And in that one, right, it's like a uh, kind of like a prequel because they're younger in it. Isn't that the nope the setup behind it? Nope that's a that's a different Dumb and Dumber. This one actually had um, Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels in it. Oh, I don't think I've seen it. Yep, so that came out. Within the last five years, yeah. So yeah, I don't think I'd seen that. So I'll yep. have to go in. Well, actually, maybe I won't go and seek it out. <laughs> so, but yeah, I I don't know. Like the the whole uh, dinner party scene when the the father daughter dance. <laughs> to me, that was out of jackass. That wasn't even a bull ride skit. Well, I mean, you say that, but ultimately what they're going for there is, is the reaction of the people. I mean, but there's a great example. Like, here's this father who 
is like, oh, she's worth 500 bucks. And I mean, you can, you can take that for how you want, but in essence, the guy is offering him $500 to, you know, to do whatever he's going to do. And which I thought the best part about that was his daughter hearing it and calling him like an evil, whatever she called him, (laughs) like a disgusting pig or something. Yes. So was there certain moments where I did laugh? Yes. But it was not nearly as funny, and it wasn't a Borat story like the first Borat movie was. Yeah, I, I, I see that part of it. Um, you know, and the guy with the cage, and he's, like, telling him he's going to buy this cage to stick his daughter in it. And, and at no point is that dude like, you know, man, you, should, like, you shouldn't do that, or, or I'm not going to sell this to you. He's like, oh, no, you need to get this biggest one right see, here but flat out. Just, here's the thing with that. He, sorry to interrupt you. So the thing about that is what do you say to somebody? Okay. Like, where do you, cause like in this PC world, you know, I'm like, dude, that's fucked up. And you're like, oh, I want to speak to your manager. What I buy a cage for and what I do with it is under your goddamn business is what they're going to say. So if, let me, all right. So let me ask you this. I agree with you. What I'm saying is, as a store owner or uh, an employee, and you come in asking to buy a cage for your daughter. I would, I would say, I'd want to say something, but the moment I do, you're going to throw your arms up and be like, Hey, fuck you. I want to speak to your manager. Yeah. And and then you see, well, and again, this is, I'm not going to tell you nor anybody else how they need to or would react in that situation. But I guess this is where as, as me, as I'm watching this and viewing it, um, you know, I don't know in in my professional work, what I do, if, something similar i would if it were me i just well sorry but i you know i can't help you go talk to uh joe over there our other salesman or and or just go like look look ball. what a hobby yeah there you go this dude wants to buy a cage and put his daughter in it and i'm not cool with that so um but you know yeah did i laugh the entire movie no it had his moments that were really funny um I will say this: I was ha- I was happily surprised. I didn't have to pay for it and watch it because we have Amazon, so that that part was cool. You know what? Um, I just saw what I did get out of it. So there is a silver lining in this for me, is that I had, didn't have Prime, so I signed up for it. So I got a thirty day trial, and what came out of it got me a new di- dish of Jim Halpert watching Jack Ryan. That's good. Yeah, that is. That's a that's a pretty good series. I think there's what two seasons out. Yep. Um, it's it's good it's that's solid work right there by you and i would categorize that series as not top 10 but it's good right it was worth my time watching it yeah so that's a that's a good one yeah so i'm in season two. i i binge like i had to get that out of my mouth watching borat too so i was like <laughs> what else we got like, oh yes click and i binge watched uh season one of uh jack ryan so yeah it was well done um, yeah, so, you know, lastly on Borat, you know, what, let's see, the other one came out how long ago? Uh, it was 14 years ago. 14 years ago, that's a long time, right? Yep. So, you know, I think a little bit more you than me, but it might just be the result of being 14 years older, you know what I mean? Like, that, unfortunately, that has happened to me quite a bit. Um, there's lots of things that I watch. We've talked about Varsity Blues as one of them, as, like, favorite movies of mine. It makes me laugh. I go back and watch them now. Yep. Much older children all that stuff and i'm like yeah 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 okay all right i'll just keep that one in the memory box yeah i just you know like uh those like that and american pie and american pie 2 um 
probably the first Jackass movie. They just take me to a time and a place. So the moment I see Varsity Blues, I'm somewhere between the age of like 19 and 21. And I just think about the memories around it. Yeah, 100%. So So, uh, over the weekend, I did happen to see that. um, And by the way, I did almost have a heart attack. Um, there was a Wisconsin quarterback who threw more than like one touchdown in the game. Over the so, uh, on, so on Friday night, Wisco had a big 10 action for the first time this season. Yes. And Graham uh, Mertz came in and let the, uh, let the world on fire. And now he's in COVID-19 protocol for 21 days. <laughs> Well, you know, that's interesting because I was reading, uh, I saw on social media a little bit, they were talking about some other quarterback, and I and I didn't look any deeper, but I was like, why are they talking about this kid? Well, now I know. So he's, so he's, you said 21 days? Yeah, it's a Big Ten protocol is if someone pops positive for COVID-19, they go into this quarantine for three weeks. Well, I know that um, the Badger Nation was talking Heisman. He's definitely out of it now. Well, it, the, the crazy thing is, is like, look, is it's and look, he's playing Big Ten football against a Big Ten opponent, and did damage, right? No question about it. Five touchdowns, almost three hundred yards passing, no picks, and only one incompletion. That's a solid day, right there. Uh, yeah, that's that's EA Sports' uh, solid day, right there. The thing is, it's against Illinois. So, it's awesome, but it's Illinois. Now, yeah, I get it. Understand the competition. Understand who you're playing. Right. Um, I mean, if you, before I you go to your next point, and I don't want to um, forget this, so I don't mean cut you off. Is that is that some sort of a school record for touchdown passes in a game? No, I don't think so. Actually, I want to say uh, Russell Wilson's got it. Well, that would have been my next guess, but um, I mean, you know, five. I don't know. I'm not well versed. You are in the Wisconsin offense, um, but I feel like if a Wisconsin quarterback throws five touchdowns, that's pretty close to the record. Here, let me help you out with that, Bud Kilmer style. Run the ball. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now, because we're running school. I'll go fish me a championship. That's right. So. Um, if he had done this against like Ohio State, which I messaged you because we just came on a 10 year anniversary of when Ohio State came to Wisconsin, coming in at number one in the country, and Wisconsin beat them 31 21 and or 31 18. Sorry, um, I actually attended that game and I'm pretty darn certain that's the last time we beat Ohio State. Now, to me, that's a signature win. So, yeah, 100%. Nobody's gonna put their flag in the ground over, um, you know, a week one win against Illinois where you pretty much route them. I mean, with that being said, the guy had a great day. Yeah. And, you know, you can't take that away from him. That's that's a fantastic day. So, kudos mm-hmm. to him. So, yeah, uh, 10 years ago, you had Terrell Pryor. You had J.J. Watt. James White was a freshman. And – but it's like, shoot, 10 years ago. I mean, we beat Michigan a couple times and Iowa and – gotten some good ball wins and beat LSU in a regular season matchup, but that's Illinois. So, um, Sunday, 
Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Dude, at one point, listen to this. You had a full plate of NFL action. The Premier League on Network NBC. And this is the cherry on the Sunday for me. MLS on ABC during NFL football. Yeah, that we talked about that, and I, um, I, I, interested in that because I wonder. I'm sure that the ratings weren't great for that, right? right? But I, you know, you and I are two people that are both soccer heads and, of course, football heads. Um, like, I wonder what their number was with that going up pretty much head to head against the NFL. Like, I, you know, it's funny on ESPN. Because if you watch ESPN Sunday Countdown, bowling's on after it. Right. right? And it's funny. I always laugh because I'm like, oh, this is ESPN. Just like, you know, you've got no shot. So what do you do? Well, let's grab the 2% of the world who watches bowling and bring them to ESPN. Right, man. There's nothing better than going to uh, Dubuque, Iowa for the Odor Eaters uh, 250. That's right. You'd be amongst all those great athletes, (laughs) chili dogs and Dr. Peppers. (laughs) But I just, yeah, I was stunned. And so, I mean, what a great day for sport. And I, I, I've soccer's done this for a while now. I was like, you know what? We own the fact we're not going to beat the NFL, but screw it. Not everybody wants to watch the NFL. So that's a stick. Especially, and especially this season, too. I mean, you've had a, well, I feel like the majority of the people, too, you know, have gotten away from the NFL because of, you know, flags and different things like that. Um, I've always, <laughs> stated and i don't know this for sure but a big chunk of those people aren't your like subscribers anyway not the big i'm gonna get the nfl sunday ticket um i've always felt like those people are more the ones that watch whatever comes on like here wavy 10 you know what i mean what what game does fox have at one o'clock oh the redskins and the eagles okay cool so i don't know how much of impact that has on these companies but um i guess it's very similar to people say they're going to protest the team oh we're protesting well, the only way that really works is if the entire season ticket group doesn't go to a game. Right. You know what I mean? Then you get somebody's attention. But, um, you know, I'd be curious to know how they did. I have to go, go and check that out. What's your team for playing? Actually, it was a big matchup. It was LA Galaxy versus LAFC. So it was El Trafico. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. That's to be fair, that's pretty, pretty solid right there. Right on. Um, hey, uh, real quick. It is Russell Wilson, 33. 33 in a yep. season? What about in a game? Uh, in a game, uh, Graham tied the uh, single uh, the school record. Does Russell have that? Somebody, somebody else. else? Uh, you may recognize the – actually, you might recognize both names. Daryl Bevel and yes. uh, Jim Sorge. Oh, I know Sorgi. He's one of those uh, legendary Wisconsin quarterbacks. (laughs) I thought maybe you know him from his NFL days, and I mean this. Can you believe? I think he carved out a like a ten year career, never throwing a touchdown pass in the league. I believe it. I know he was. He was, you know, playing that backup role for a while. Yeah, you're gonna give me a check to back up Peyton. (laughs) Yeah. No, no problem. Actually, to be fair, he threw six touchdown passes in his career. With one INT. And his quarterback rating is better than any Chicago Bear. Cool. Well, I mean, so is yours. What are we talking about there? You mean my personal? And since, since, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and since you since you bring it up, that's probably a pretty good segue. So let's uh, 
let's get into our beloved Bears and Packers for the weekend, and I guess I'll go first. Uh, so, Monday Night Football, um, which, by the way, I feel like their organization, Matt Nagy, owes me an apology because I, I'm on the East Coast. I stay up. I watch these games. It ends at, like, 11.45 or so, and, and I get up early Monday morning, go to work, get up, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. And uh, it seems to be with them in primetime games in the last few years, just very underperforming. And Monday night was just a, another example of that. Um, and I don't want to spend 45 minutes complaining about five, six different things. I do want to say this, though. I don't understand, and you tell me about this, as the head coach of that football team, as the offensive coordinator of that football team, he now twice – in the past three weeks, has said I've never been a part of anything like this before in regards to how poor play is on that? offense. Matt Nagy, this is the <laughs> second time. Now, I know, right? And and he was more than pissed off because the defense scored six points and the offense scored three on Monday <laughs> night. So, you know, he's agitated, and I understand that. I just don't know. What do you do with a guy who doesn't seem – to want to take the pieces he has and do something with them versus trying to make them all fit, right? He's got all these square pieces and he's got round holes and he's jamming mm-hmm. them in there. I don't, I don't understand that. Um, and he talks a lot about we're in a rut. Well, over the last 30 games, the Bears offense has averaged 17.6 points. That, that's not a rut. That's not a rut? That's not a rut at all. Not a rut at all? No, not a rut. A 30-game sample is not a rut. <laughs> is that a pandemic? So, like I said, yeah, well, I mean, it's more it, – no, it's – you know what it is? It's Bears offense. That's what it's called. Hey, look, it's Bears offense. The team scored five points. Oh, hey, look, it's Bears offense. The score is three nothing. That's called Bears offense. But rather than sit here and complain and, and bitch about 20 you know, or You know what you need? Things, you know what um, you need? You need a little shoot ball. That's right. I would gladly take John Shoot right now in his offense. Because one thing's for sure, I mean, look, Allen Robinson can do what Marty Booker used to do, which is take a three-yard curl route and take it 80 yards for a score. He's yeah, actually, I'm good. no no tease here. You definitely get the tight ends involved because you got two that are capable. And that's, that's where I'm going to go with this. So I, I thought about this, you know, and you and I weekly are going to talk about our squads and, and get into it. And I'm like, you know what? I just, I've got a solution. And that's it right there. So, again, for about the second week in a row, Cole Komet has shown some of his skill set that I've been, like, looking for all season. Um, the Bears need to go to a double tight end offense. That's it. With Graham and Komet on the field, um, it should help them. In a couple different ways, but regardless of what formation they come out, if Matt Nagy's going to continue to what seems like just run his offense without making the adjustments, this is going right down the old shitter. Right down. Let me ask you something. Would you take a Trustman office or a Nagy offense right now? See, that's the the thing. It's It's not that I don't think Matt Nagy can run the offense. It's just, I don't, nobody sees, and it's not just me, it's people that get paid to do this for a living. Nobody sees the adjustments to what we have. Like right now, the offensive line is hurt. They're missing people. 
and they're flat out crap. Okay. You're playing Aaron Donald, arguably probably the best interior defensive lineman in the league. And repeatedly throughout the broadcast on Monday night, they're talking about how the week before the 49ers just ran on the edges against the Rams and they were successful. What are we doing? Dives to Montgomery right into Donald's face. So I don't, that's the thing. Like I probably would, I mean, I'll take Tresman. I'll answer your question, Tresman, because at least he throughout the season, I mean, he had better offensive players, but I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand that part with Nagy. I don't know why it's not happening. Nope. I really don't. If Ted Lasso says believe, I mean, you probably breathed into the world. Your commit finally getting action a couple weeks back, like WTF, and all of a sudden, you know, asking you shall receive. He starts to appear. You got the Saints this week. What do you expect differently from the Bears? I don't (laughs) – I unfortunately, I expect the offense to continue to suck because I I have (laughs) – I have no belief whatsoever that Nagy's going to do things differently. Why would I? Why would any? Right. We all hope that it's going to change, but um, it doesn't seem like it. I mean, and what's fucking crazy is people are talking about they're better off with Trubisky because at least with the offensive line being so bad, Trubisky can just run. And I'm like, Here's Chicago Bear offense in 2020. The offensive line is so shitty. Just put it in a quarterback there that can run. That way, at least he has a shot. So, does what does Mac Nagy have to go back to Trubisky? No, I don't. He won't, and I don't think he should. I'm saying that's just what you know. I've seen people talking about. I personally just feel like Nagy's got to look himself in the mirror and do one of two things. I believe he's a good head coach. The Bears are like 30-something and like 14 with him as a head coach, right? They're like 36 and 14, really? something like that. Um, he's got a great record. He lost his only playoff appearance. But I kind of feel like he's got to do one of two things. Look himself in the mirror, understand that he's part of the problem and change how he's going to run the offense, or he's got to give it up to our offensive coordinator. One of those two. If he does neither of those two, the Bears will win – two more games this year, one against the Lions, one against the Vikings, maybe the Jaguars, three at the most, that'll be it. So I'm cheating here. I got the I got the interwebs in front of me. He's 25 and 14, so he has a winning record. And then just to yeah, be completely fair, like um, how many wins was that in T- Trubisky's rookie season, though? Because it's been – and this is not a rib since the double doink. Yeah, over two – 12 wins in his first campaign – only 13 total cents. That right, but that was so that was Trubisky's second year. His rookie year was with John. Fox. Right, right, right. Sorry. Yeah, he came in halfway through the year, finished out the season, full-time starter, let's say, in 18 and was 12 and 4. So 8 and 8 last year, 5 and 2, still winning record. I mean, again, they find a way to nickel and dime to get through a couple of these. Maybe there's a home playoff game yet in the future. Yeah, it's possible. Look, I mean, we think we've watched enough football. We know how things can turn. Yeah. Um, but I, he's he seems, you know, the reluctancy to I, it strikes me when he says, "I've never been a part of anything like this before." Like, like what? Like you've got that other shitty ass tight end in front of Komet on the depth chart, and he keeps dropping balls. Like you're the head coach, you're the coordinator. 
put him into the playbook, yep. right? Why are you taking Jimmy Graham off the field when we got the ball inside the 10 yard line? Why? Yeah. There's no good reason. Spread him out wide. Let him have a five foot nine DB try to cover him. And that's how he's got most of his touchdowns this year. Why is he coming off the yep. field? Like, you know, and I'm sure, look, Matt Nagy sit at a table and, and diagram this, that, you know, whatever. But he was out coached Monday night and it was obvious and it was clear. And, um, you know, it's just, it's perplexing because, again, largely to the defense, he's got a winning record and it seems like the players like him and, and, but they, their, their mar, I'm sorry, excuse me, their margin of error is so small that, you know, in the first drive of the game the other night, third down, Demetrius Harris drops a pass, would have been a first down. The Bears have to punt. Like, they don't have Aaron Rodgers where they can fuck up and they got a guy that can still get it right. done. The, the Bears are not that. They've got to play now damn near perfect to get through a game and win. They're leading the NFL in defensive penalties. So I don't give a fuck how good their defense is. That's not going to hold up. If that doesn't get fixed, I mean, for you know, for for them and for Bear fans, they're like, they're 5-2. and two. Dude, in three weeks, they could easily be 5-5. Five and five, And three weeks after that, they could be 5-8. and eight. And anybody who doesn't recognize that they don't need to make major adjustments, y'all are on the shit and get off entirely too much. Uh, the next uh, four games, Saints, Titans, Vikings, Packers. I felt like going into it, including the Rams, um, they needed to split with the Saints and the Rams. I still think they can beat the Saints team. I, I don't look at them and feel like they're a juggernaut. They they can't do it playing the way that right. they are. Um, the Titans, um, I almost feel like with Derrick Henry and their offense, that helps the Bears because other than Roquan Smith in the linebacker position, the Bears don't have a lot of speed. So if we got a guy, I mean, Henry's a beast. But if you know he's going to run downhill and it's about gang tackling, I think that works in the Bears' favor. Minnesota, I mean, you know, they're dog shit, but who knows? And, and, and the Packers, I mean, right now if they play the Packers, and put a 50-burger on them. There's no question about yeah, it. I'm going to kind of steal that and uh, transition to Green Bay now, okay? Yeah, let's do um, it. The reverse side of it, um, Matt LaFleur has got me eating a ton of crow. ton of crow. Um, the execution of the play calling has been phenomenal. Another solid week. And putting guys in motion to where – Bendix, I'll, I'll throw it to you for a second. Who's the number one uh, receiving target of Green Bay? Tanya. Come on, man. A.J. Dillon. Come on. Um, hold on. Spit it right. Um, Don't be a... Come on. Uh, Freeman. <laughs> yeah, it's Devontae. That's right. And yet, he still finds a way to have Darnier his best day in the league. Are you kidding? You're not going to have uh, – <laughs> you're going to – he's a uh, Hopkins, um, A.J. Green, Ju- uh, Julio Jones type of receiver for his team, and yet you're going to let him have that kind of a day? Well – that's the thing, though, and that's the thing where I've, I've told you repeatedly you're spoiled by this. Aaron Rodgers can put a football in places that 99% of the league cannot. I agree with that, but if, watching the highlights of this game, it wasn't just Aaron making a great throw. It's Devontae Adams and the play calling putting him in position to make the play. Well, to your point about play calling, I will say this. Um, Tanyan's touchdown, I think he only had one. He didn't have any on Sunday. That was uh, Sternburner. 
Sternberger, excuse me, that play design was the type of play design, and I know he's buddies with them, that when Sean McVay, and I watch his offense, and Shanahan yep. in San Francisco, I fucking cream at the opportunity to watch these guys because you see the play design, and I'm like, man, that play it was perfect. It was a fucking perfect play yep. design. You run everybody across the field, and you layer Sternberger kind of in between him and Roger, wide open, easy touchdown. I was like, man, that was that was good stuff yeah. right there. And the defense is not – World beaters, but it's good enough to get a stop, get the ball back in Aaron's hands, and let him do it again. And the offense, to the struggle of the Bears, is is huge. So, Bear defense. I mean, if you were the Bear defense, the Packer offense, best team. Forget it. Best team in NFL history. Yeah, I mean, I could couple them with a like. Yeah, it's 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 a hundred percent. Which I mean, I I don't know why this is the thing, but so like I mean, why? why Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to complain more about you brought up the Bears offense again. I was just going to say, I don't know why it seems that Bear fans, like we're all, why have we all just decided that this is it? Bear offense is always going to be shitty. And the defense is going to be pretty good most of the time, but offense is going to be dog shit. Um, but, yes, you're right. If you took the Packer offense and the Bear defense and merged them, we'd have a, a killer. And, I, and I'm glad that we've got, one, two, three, three weeks before we get to our game because if nothing else, I need, you know, my people to get it fucking together because it's just going to be a, a bloodbath. Yep. I'm hoping that Aaron can get seven in the first half instead of six, but um, we'll see. <laughs> no, um, it really put a ball on the, the pack game. I mean, it was so well executed. And even Houston, because they're an NFL franchise, did make some adjustments to get back in the game. But, again, LaFleur put Devontae Adams in a spot, and the next thing you know, he's running for a 40-yard touchdown and iced the game. You know, good stuff all around. No complaints for me in the pack. Packers coming up, Minnesota, Niners, Jags, Colts, then the Bears. By the way, you know, the Niners, they – I tell you, man, well-coached teams you see, and I, I still like them this year. I, do you really? I'm not saying they're in the Super Bowl. I do because they're well-coached. And, you know, as long as Garoppolo can stay healthy, then you get Debo Samuel back. They've had a ton of injuries. But I guess because I, I when I watch some of these other teams, you can just see, like you watch the plays and you watch. And I've always been a big Shanahan fan, 100%. Yeah. I mean, everywhere he goes, those quarterbacks play well. And the offense is – is a really you know cool thing to watch. So I still like them. They can stay healthy as we get through the season here towards the end of the year. I, I like them in the postseason. If they're, uh, let's say, actually, I don't know if this, this could happen, but maybe Chicago wins the North. Niners are out West and are a wild card. They got to come to Soldier Field. You like the Niners in that matchup? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, well, like right now, I mean, there's so much football left. I, you know, I can't predict what's going to happen down the road, but I, right now, right now, in the league. no, I, they, yes, I like the 49ers. Okay. You know how many teams I like the Bears beating right now this weekend? And I'm like, yeah, we could beat them. And do Ready it for the list, the goddamn Jets and the Lions, and the Lions will beat themselves in the last 30 seconds. So there you go. What about against Andua? Fuck no, Nandu would bust that ass, son. <laughs> Run that uh, power eye right, 44 all lead. Shit, the hell out of here. 
<laughs> nice. Yeah. So, uh, Liverpool played yesterday. Got a Champions League win. More injuries are starting to pile up on on the Reds. It's going to be tough to win the league again this year. Oh, hey, look, back to back titles in any league are hard, right? Mm-hmm. There's lots of things that have to go right. We talked a lot about this for like last year's Packer team. You got some balls that need to bounce your way. You need to stay injury free. You know what I mean? It's a tough task. So, you know, maybe it'll just look a little different. Maybe their championship this year wouldn't be so dominant. You know what True. I mean? True. It's doable. Um, but those those special years where you're flat out the best shit going and nobody can touch you there, you know, they don't have, yeah, they're special. And I, with that too, uh, Dest once again shows up and was the first American to play in a Classico start in a Classico too. Yes, sir. That fellow right there is, uh, is getting down. So crazy stuff here. Um, anything you're keeping your eye on this week? Um, no, the, you know, the World Series wrapped up last night and, um, you know, I was hoping for a game seven. I don't know how much, you know, you followed Tampa Bay. I, I know I didn't follow myself either throughout the season, but, um, one of the things I enjoyed about their team is I watched them enough and heard enough baseball analysts talk about it is how they play baseball, right? They're the only team in the league who legit and maybe even Oakland a little bit, but it had still done the fundamental things as you and I grew up with the sport of baseball. So, you know, before it became home run or nothing, base hit, stolen bases, move base runners over. They did all those things. So um, I was hoping to get another game out of them. But, you know, look, the Dodgers are obviously really good. Clayton Kershaw, you know, took the monkey off his back for all his postseason woes. Kind of feels uh, like uh, the Tampa Buccaneers from the late 90s, early 2000s that they finally got theirs in a way. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, they've been there, obviously, um, and Kershaw in particular. I mean, you know, he's regarded as the, the best pitcher in the history of baseball, yet kind of had that Peyton Manning thing in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Once he gets to the playoffs, he just shit his drawers. So, yeah, um, that's probably even better. But, they've, you know, they've got interesting times ahead of them with just happened with uh, Scott Taylor and COVID and all that stuff. So, I'm going to be interested to watch that. I, I have a feeling they're going to get hit with some sanctions for not possibly treating that the way they're supposed to, but – We'll see. Watch Borat. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, over the weekend too, there was something else that um, there was something else I watched over the weekend, or I'm sorry, listened to. I want to talk to you about, and it's a thirty for thirty yep. about a 1990 World Cup qualifier between Chile and Brazil called Fall of the Condor. Have you? Heard? Is it a podcast or a show? Yeah, it's a podcast. I know. I said watch. I meant listen okay. to. Um, but I'm going to give you. A couple nuggets from you and ask you to watch it because it's got every element of professional wrestling you could ever ask for. Ever ask for. I knew nothing about this story and I was literally like, I fell out of my chair in my office. So, in essence, um, Chile and Brazil have this qualifier coming up and the match ends up getting called due to a player on the field getting hit by a flare and is all like basically like bloodied in the face. And Chile at the time has got like a one nil advantage and they call the match just end it right then and there. And after the match, you know, Pele rips them and says that it was bullshit and that they had iodine and it was fake and all these different things. Your homework over the weekend until next week is to listen to this and we'll talk about it some more in detail, but there are razor blades involved. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. (laughs) 
Bret Hart talking to Stone Cold. I think it'd be a good idea if you take a little juice. Yeah, one hundred percent. It is fantastic. <laughs> it's a it's a good story. It's got you know soccer in it. So uh, yeah, check it out over the weekend. Um, just in case, as we kind of wrap up, find us at uh, Bendix and Leach Podcast on Twitter. Follow me R N L I I I. Find us on base Facebook at the Bendix and Leach Podcast. Um, on Instagram, right, Bendix? Yes, we are Bendix underscore and underscore leech underscore pod. And lastly, guys, probably by the next time we pod, uh, there's going to be some more furniture moving. So do your homework. If you haven't already, November 3rd, vote. Wow. Just do it. Rip it off like a band aid. Just do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> We're out. <laughs> <laughs>